Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. And a good morning, everybody. I'm Alex Garrett, and it is another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. Um, let's see. Not really much to talk about as far as where I was recently with my shoe proudly. However, I will tell you the mindset is a little different when you try and broadcast from a table next to your bed and not actually from the bed. Technology is so funny. You literally could do it from right from your bed. But when you have it next to you, I think there's a little more incentive to get up in the morning and do this uh, when when the studio is set, if you will. But that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, I've got a couple of things. Firstly, good luck to the Yanks. Uh, they will face the Indians tonight uh, in Game 1 of a October, uh, leading into October baseball. So postseason starts today. Did we ever think we'd see a postseason for baseball in 2020? Uh, I don't know. But here we are. Yanks play the Indians uh, four, uh, 5 against 4. In Cleveland, Shane Bieber, the the, uh, leading pitcher in the American League against the Yanks' higher gun, Garrett Cole. We'll have to see how that turns out. Cole's been shaky here and there uh, in his first season as a Yankee. Now, I I get it. 60-game season, not much of a spring training, interrupted spring training, then kicking it back up in July. Of course, it's going to be an off year. But uh, I think the Yanks were hoping for a little more out of Cole his first season. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Uh, Other stuff going on. Well, I was thinking about this. You know how we give out awards for Best Picture, Best Album, Employee of the Month, Student Awards at these schools... Well, they really should lead a new can. They should lead a campaign to create a new uh, award for everything in this world right now, <laughs> for every place. How about the most negative COVID nineteen tests? Congratulations! Here's the top winner of the most negative COVID nineteen tests coming in at. 25. You know, I think that would be fantastic. And so if you create that award, I think that would actually help it, people get inspired to stay healthy, actually. Because when you have that incentive uh, for a award or even monetary award for staying healthy, um, like the NFL does, you know, NFL said if you, you guys are violating, you're going to be fined. And the NFL has fined coaches. But more importantly, the players have... Not nobody's been positive in the NFL. You know why? Because the NFL said back in August 
if you are involved with high-risk COVID events, we will fine you. What an incentive not to be involved in big crowds, right? I mean, obviously health in, in general. But why why didn't the MLB do something like that for its players? I think if you put a monetary incentive not to be in a COVID situation, which I think is crazy, you have to award to one for that, but today it's true. Just because you never know. If you put them in an if you reward them for not being in a COVID situation, or if you fine them for being in a COVID situation, that's a big difference. Major League Baseball in the beginning there had a wild, wild west. Of cases, and uh, it all generally calmed down, which is great. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's that idea. Uh, but if you're going to have the COVID-19 negative test award uh, in every office, school, and, uh, you know, award ceremony, please do not have Steve Harvey. Can you imagine if Steve Harvey was your doctor? And he comes in the room and says, you're negative. And they says, I apologize. You're actually positive. So, yeah, let's not involve Steve Harvey because um, he already messed up Miss USA. Remember that? That was hilarious. And, of course, I guess you could say don't put in Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty because, as you know, La La Land was called the winner. And the envelope actually said it was not La La Land. Oh, what a mess that award ceremony was. So, three people, right off the bat, not to have tell you whether or not you have COVID. And whether or not you won the award. So, there you go. But my, my, my passion today, and I didn't get on yesterday, but here we are. My passion today is we've got to find justice for these restaurants and small business owners that have been clamped down, locked down. And for all of us regular people, seeing all this, seeing our fellow small biz owner be locked down, it hurts. And even the indoor dining, not having it, will hurt. So much so that yesterday in front of Governor Cuomo's office, more than 200 wa sign-waving restaurant owners and workers marched outside Governor Cuomo's office. Patrick McNamee, who owns the Mead and Fiddler, which I sometimes frequent, and they've actually been closed, I noticed. He said that by January 1st, I guarantee you, 60 to 65% of this city will be finished. Uh, restaurants will be finished. The group demanding that indoor dining be immediately expanded to 50%, then by, then by Thanksgiving, 100%, as well as for Cuomo to push for federal aid for them as well. Now, tomorrow is the start of indoor dining at 25%. And I'm not sure how that's going to go. We'll have to find out. Wow, several protesters carried a makeshift coffin that had Here Lies NYC Hospitality died 2020. But I don't 
think that's the end of the story. In fact, I love that they're marching. I love that they're finally protesting that. Because, what did I say the other day? You can go to Best Buy. You can go get a haircut. You can go to many places indoors, believe it or not. So what is it against the small business owner that they're keeping them locked down indoors? How come you can go get a haircut? How come you can go to Best Buy and buy a brand new case, which I did for my phone? How come you can go to Grand Central? How come you can do all these things? But you can't eat in a spatial distance way. I've been on Long Island. I've seen how they do it. They are pretty careful out there. So that's point number one. But the biggest thing I would say, and I know everybody's worried about whether Roe v. Wade's going to be repealed by Amy Cohen Barrett and I, I, Coney Barrett. I know they're worried about Trump, uh, Trump jamming through this nominee, yada, 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 or Senate, rather, jamming through this nominee because Trump wants to jam through, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. But here's the most positive thing I could say about any of this right now. In the immediate, in the immediate, I predict, and in fact, I might even suggest that when she gets confirmed, if she does get confirmed uh, in October, that you file lawsuits and that there will be lawsuits filed against this city leadership and governorship across the nation from nursing home, Miss Malfeasance, to this, let's see how legal any of this was. And by the way, I think with a leaning of a conservative on the court, even those, even those who are democratic but are business owners will file lawsuits. I I see massive lawsuits coming. I really do. Because the small business owner in New York City is fed up today, tomorrow, yesterday. They're fed up. And I think what you will see, I honestly believe it, will be a wave of them. From people like Patrick McNamee, at the Mean Fiddler. Because they want someone who, on the court, they want, they might want the court. Now that they see it swinging a little bit, they might want to see if the court can rule and will find any of these lockdown measures unconstitutional. And imagine that right before election, a wave of lawsuits against the mayor of Chicago, New York, California, Los Angeles, against the governors of our states, of our state and the others. And and they would they would do the lawsuit with the intent that 
it doesn't just stay in a, a lower court. It gets kicked up to the Supreme Court. And if SCOTUS, with the way it could be shaping up, has a chance to say whether or not these leaders who really have dictated everything the last five, six months, if the court could find that unconstitutional, if the highest court could find that unconstitutional, what a change that will be. What a, that would be the justice for our country and for our small business. That justice from a new justice being appointed can be the biggest thing and the biggest way to um, to win. Uh, to, how do I say it? To knock off these governors from their high horses that they seem to be on every day. And mayors off their high horses every day. Now, I, I should post this, but I'm not sure how it's going to be handled on Facebook. Why are we worried about something amazing as adopting two kids from Haiti? That's very special. Yet, what do these same people who worry about that family do about the broken families? They do nothing. I'm not going to go far as far as to say they encourage it, but they're doing nothing to solve the issues. In fact, I, I want to play you this remix because George Carlin um, was remixed. <laughs> and it's so true how everybody is literally worried about bigger issues that shouldn't even be worried about. She has seven kids, two of them adopted. What well, What's the problem with that? What's the problem with having an actual family that sticks together? Well, I, I've heard from other people, maybe Ed Delgado can agree, that some of this BLM movement wants to break up the family, that they don't believe the core family. Is that entirely true? Because I've not read into that. But I will say, for... These same people that do nothing about broken homes, you have no right to criticize and try and investigate and call it colonial the adoption of two kids from Haiti. And I know everything's outright. against Trump's every move. But this is, um, this is just amazing. And by the way, it goes along with the idea that the Times and other papers have advocated, which is, don't get married, don't have a family. Who has time for that? The less you encourage family life, the more chaos we're going to see. And as I said on Saturday, 
1619 project isn't helping either. Okay, when you have historians saying how much of lies that is, when you have the project itself saying, oh, well, you know, they created the country to, to make slavery. Look, they ended slavery when we made the country. They abolished it. That's progress. Progressives, wake up. That's progress. I don't usually get fired up, but it just, when I think about it, again and again and again, it gets to me how you've got a group saying, we're progressive. Well, progress is acknowledging that abolition of slavery happened. Progress is acknowledging that we have to fix the broken homes. Progress isn't tearing down families. In fact, that's very much regressive. But anyway, I want to I want to lighten the mood a little bit, or I'm going to go a little more wild. So let me just play this because this is how I feel every time I hear these nonsensical ideas of um <laughs> of how bad someone is. It they just miss the point, and George Carlin uh, points that out. In this remake. Important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees, save the Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees, save the Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees. forget the little things. We forget that restaurants are on the brink as a society. I mean, we forget all that because the media wants us to forget that. The realism, in my view, is that they want us to not even think about the pain of that. You know, I swear to God, last night, last night, they trotted out the millionth death of the COVID pandemic. And it almost feels like the media wants to make these people that have died from COVID martyrs for a cause. Because if they really cared about lives, and I won't even get into the pro-life debate, I, I, I want, I always believe abortion should be a last resort. And I, sometimes I feel like it's, it's, Acted upon as if it's not, it's tried out as not. But but if we're gonna talk about, it, if you're gonna update all of our phones, Ed, did you get an update last night on every network saying how it's the millionth death? That seems to be the only time life is mattering right now for the mainstream media when a life is lost. Not to save the lives of the business owner, not to save the life of and the lifeblood of New York City. But let's just keep telling you how life is lost. That's when they really care. It's sickening. 
Not only that, and I agree they did it with Glee, and I felt like they wanted to throw a a party, you know, of Canadian of Heroes for the millionth death. It's like, no. These people shouldn't be canonized for dying from COVID for a cause. You should be fixing the solution, not updating our phones. Every minute there's a death total. My dad pointed out actually one time that uh, there was a moratorium, I thought, on deaths in the Vietnam. Like, they didn't want to show it at one point. Or even one of the wars, they decided not to show the bodies coming home. They decided not to show the death. Where'd that change? And the families, they forget the toll it takes on these families to lose these people. It's like they don't care about that either. Millions death. We're just going to tell you that. It's not an achievement. But they're acting like it is. This is the problem. The achievement to be, to me, would be find a solution. If you care so much that a life is lost, don't leave it at that. Because if you leave it at that, it makes me think that all you care about is telling us about how life is continually lost and you do not want to do anything to save it. Do you know that depression, suicide rates, I've got to find numbers on that because that's also happening with these lockdowns. Do you know that families have sobbed in Kenosha and elsewhere watching their places burn down. But those lives don't matter to people in the media, right? They could care less about that fat, crying family who just lost their business. But let's focus on the 17-year-old. It just feels backwards, guys. It feels terribly backwards. But it's going to change. I have a feeling you're going to see, and I'm going to end it as I start. I have a feeling you're going to see these wave of lawsuits that we've not seen before of people of every party sick of this to the point where they will say, hey, you know what? He's got a good nominee up there. He's got a good judge up there. I think she will listen to us. So let's push through lawsuits against these governors and mayors for once and for all. Because there's always this debate. Is it constitutional? Is it unconstitutional? I've had talks with um, Pacific Legal Network uh, on the podcast. Let's test it. Let's not just say, hey, let's let the federal court handle it. Let's say, let's see if we can kick this up to the Supreme Court. And if they start taking lockdown measure cases, oh, I'm ready for that. I'll be excited for that. Because then we can finally see if these guys that claim they know the Constitution, the governor of New York, Cuomo, I'm a constitutional lawyer. We'll see if they really know. And we'll see if also we can get justice for the nursing home families that have lost dozens of lives. And I know many people, and I myself, would say how much is actually the death toll. Because I said on this podcast, when I read that there were 4,000 cases in in Queens alone at one point, 
only took me like five seconds to scroll down and see uh, 990 of them were presumed. That's not fake news to say it's, or that's not conspiracy to say the numbers could be skewed. Because how can you sit here, anybody, on the major networks, on a podcast, anywhere, sit here behind a microphone and say, you know what, guys, uh, there's 4,000 deaths. And say it with a straight face when you know just a couple paragraphs down. 990 of them were presumed. Tell me where that makes any sense at all. Hey, uh, find my email at alex.garrett21, alex.garrett21 at yahoo.com. And uh, Alex G in NYC is my Instagram. Oh, and Alex Garrett Podcasting is my uh, also on my Instagram and my Twitter is Alex G in NYC. Hey, guess what? I'm going to simulcast this on Blog Talk Radio, so let me upload it there. For those who might have a platform there, I'll, I'll talk to you there as well. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon. And remember, please, remember do what... Uh, Well, don't do what George Carlin said. But remember, this is the attitude of so many right now. Bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees, save Everybody's gonna save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees, save the Everybody's gonna save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. Save the trees, save the bees. I can dream, I can dream, I can dream, I can dream.